0: Welcome to Fresh Cut Grass. Light conversation with turf grass professionals from across the turf industry with your hosts, Jeff Fowler and Tanner Delval. Hello and welcome to this episode of Fresh Cut Grass. I'm one of your co hosts. I'm Jeff Fowler. And with me, as always, Tanner Del Val Tanner, good to see you again today.
1: You as well, Jeff. How's uh, life in Western Pennsylvania?
0: Uh, you know what? It's, um, you know, here we are, midsummer, um, hotter than blue blazes, um, diseases, brown patches popping up everywhere on the turf. But, you know, life is good. Um, We're starting to see some things loosen up as far as the pandemic goes, and we're, um, you know, it's, uh, I won't say normal, but I'll say it's back to the new normal, um, which is kind of fun. Yeah,
1: definitely a welcome sight. The weather's pretty good. We're getting some timely rains, and the weather's great for for growing turf.
0: Yeah, so... um, our guest today is—we're we're really lucky today um, to, to catch an hour of this guy's time because he is extremely busy um, right now. Um, although you wouldn't think he would be, because you know, there's no students on campus and you know, no no sports going on, um, but. He, he's crazy busy, and we were able to catch a window of his time today. Our special guest today is George Peters. George is in charge of all of the athletic surfaces at Penn State University, and um, he, he's—I've known George since he was a student. Um, Tanner, you might have even been in school with George. If, I if was. I'm, if I'm if I'm gauging it about right, you guys were probably in class together.
1: Yeah, um, I believe we were.
0: I'm, I'm aging myself. I've known him. Um, i worked with his mother, so um, I'm, I'm a little bit older. Um, anyway, George, welcome to the show.
2: Thanks for having me, guys. Uh, yeah, Tanner was uh, probably graded quite a few of my assignments um, in, in my time here um, and and was a uh, chaperone on many a turf trip. So <laughs>
0: there you go. There you go. So, George, why don't, why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself? Um, and and how you got to where you are today?
2: Yeah, I am uh, a Penn State grad. I graduated with a uh, with a BS in Turfgrass Science in 2011 from Penn State. Uh, I also was uh, an Environmental Soil Science minor while I was here. A uh, few extra courses to tack on to uh, some pretty relevant uh, materials to the to the degree program. Uh, I worked on the Beaver stadium grounds crew here whenever I was a student and kind of fell in love with the place. And, uh, but, uh, but had my eyes set on professional sports. So upon graduation, I, uh, I took a job with the Indianapolis Indians, a AAA affiliate for the pirates and, and worked there, uh, for a year. And then I, uh, I actually went to the pirates, um, uh, pretty pretty much unrelated that that i was able to go from the uh triple a affiliate to the major league uh just kind of happenstance um worked there for two seasons and uh decided that i wanted to get back into into collegiate sports so i uh i transitioned to oklahoma state university moved there uh in 2015. so uh Big, big part of the reason why I went out there was they're getting ready to build a, uh, a brand new baseball park out there and uh, wanted to be a part of that. And uh, unfortunately, slow moving wheels of a university uh, that actually didn't happen. They didn't even break ground before I, before I left, I was there uh, just shy of four years and they were just getting ready to, to start before I left. So didn't get to be a part of that, but it, uh, it reminded me of my love of college sports and you know, kind of the difference, uh, the difference of caring for collegiate fields as compared to professional sports and you know, the, the nature of that. And the opportunity presented itself in 2018 for me to come back home and work for my alma mater. So uh, I've been, been back ever since. Uh, as, as you said, we care for uh, all of the varsity athletic fields here. At Penn State, uh, with the exception of baseball. So it's uh, a little over 15 acres of varsity turf. Uh, now I say varsity, that's our our football stadium, our practice football fields, our soccer stadium, and uh, the two practice soccer fields for that, uh for those programs, I should say. Uh and then we've got roughly 40 acres of, of mixed use. So our track, which is our our varsity complex, but it's maintained at the same level as our intramural fields. So, uh, the, the quote unquote varsity that are referred to, those are all mowed with real mowers. Uh, whereas our intramural fields are rotary mowers. And, uh, that's about 40 acres between the intramural fields track. And, uh, and some of those areas are, are dual purpose. They get parked in the fall for, uh, for football games. And then we have, exclusive parking lots uh, that are, it's about 75 acres that we maintain year round. And then uh, another 125 or so that are pastures this time of year and um, hay fields are actually out there uh, taking first cutting right now on some of those areas and uh, hopefully get a second cutting of that and get uh, get the barn filled back up for the College of Ag. And then they turn it over to us in July and uh, and we maintain that and paint lines on that for tailgating throughout the year. Uh, we also have some synthetic turf that we care for, uh, roughly twelve acres across six different places that uh, that we have the synth- synthetic turf. So, um, I am uh, I'm the supervisor of grounds here. So I don't uh, I'm a non-working supervisor in our shop. So we've got eight full-time groundskeepers that uh, that do the work. And myself and Thomas Goyne, another Penn State grad, uh, is the assistant supervisor here. So we uh, we oversee that. Uh, we have a mechanic on staff as well. So pretty lucky to have our own in-house mechanic to care for all of our equipment. Um, and that's kind of the rundown um, of myself and the crew here. Yeah, so that's a
0: huge area. Um to, to maintain, you know, throughout the year at the varsity level, not even talking about the parking lots and and all that stuff, um, that goes on. And, and, um, just the, just the fact that honestly that there's only eight of you, um, or eight grounds grounds crew members, um, is amazing to me anyway, that, that, um, you know, that's a lot of mowing grass, um, and, and a lot of fertilization and a lot of verification and all those things. Um, and I, I've been on the tour with one of your predecessors. Um, we drove around, and he showed me. Uh, it's been a few years ago now, but he, you know, took me to all the, all the, the places that you guys have that you have to take care of, from parking lots to, to varsity level fields, and it's just amazing to me how how spread out you are and um, kind of all over campus. Um, So it's great to have you with us, um, and we do appreciate you taking a little bit of time to be with us today.
1: So you have a lot of fields that you obviously you're looking at. Maybe you're not out there all the time doing all of the work, but you have to manage all this. I'm going to start this off with a question for you. What field, if you would say, is like your baby or your favorite field, which one is it? Is it Beaver Stadium or is it another field? Um maybe your favorite, you know, or one that like, you know, if you had to get out there and be doing everything, which one would you want to be on?
2: Uh, truth be told, my favorite is, is actually not Beaver Stadium. Um, I have the most fun with, with Jeffrey Field, with our soccer field. Uh, that is a, it's primarily perennial ryegrass field. Uh, there is some bluegrass making its way back in there. Um, but that is a, a native soil field, uh, with, uh, with an archaic drainage system. And, uh, it does have, it does have in-ground irrigation, but, uh, it's, it's just a fun, fun field to work on. Um, it's traditionally polar riddled. Uh, so it, uh, it's a challenge to try to keep that in check. So that's, that's a lot of, of fun for me. Um, the stadium, as much fun as it as it can be, uh, it's it's higher stress, I guess. Um, so I fret about it more. Whereas, uh, you know, the the playing surface for a soccer field is it, it it's a lot more forgiving um, than a football field is. So um, we can we can push it a little bit more. You don't have near the size of athletes. So um, you know, we we have a little bit more leeway with uh with how we're able to manage that um i mean it every year this time of year uh we are able to see the fruits of our our early season poa seed head control apps uh we have permanent goals uh that are that are in place um and this year especially since we had um uh, since we had the spring season in 2021 since we did not have a fall sports season for anything but football um those permanent goals were in place while we made those seed head suppression applications. And so uh, so you're not able to spray underneath the footprint of that goal. And it uh, it's something, it's wild. I mean, it it could be uh, could be quite the quite the commercial to come down and, and take photos of that field when uh, underneath those goals the the Poa seed head is just going nuts and everywhere else it's uh, good and tight and you know, the, the color match is a lot better. So it's just a lot of fun down there. A lot of, a lot more tinkering is, uh, I feel more comfortable tinkering there than I do at the stadium, if you will.
1: Yeah. It seems, it seems like POA is, I mean, it's an issue that a lot of turf managers, but you, you folks, you being at the division one level, I mean, you have very high standards that you folks have to meet, right? You have televised games, you know, we're talking about the stadium and you have other, you know, maybe other types of, media on other fields you know with the other sports when when you talk about seed head suppression do you folks also do like do you try to kill the poa as well or are you just suppressing the poa
2: um primarily suppressing we have over the years uh experimented with a few different products uh we we did we tried to kill the poa at uh at our softball field last year um, which, uh, was, was pretty successful. Um, new formulation that we, that we gave a try and it worked. However, uh, the, uh, the seed bank that persists in that, in that facility and, and really everywhere. Um, that's the the difficult part because it's never a one and done, you know, one, one good year and you're set. Um, uh, I mean, we actually went out after, uh, after the fact of, of our, our, regimen for the summer uh we went out and before we uh before we did our fall airification we went out in some of the larger areas that were kind of still a little bit strong we actually hit with glufosinate for a quick burn down to try to make sure that those areas were were knocked down with a quick little spot spray where we could but uh after airification believe it or not we brought up that seed and it uh it's back in force um so it's it's a never-ending battle um, but with the with the primo proxy in the spring, uh, if you don't mind a name drop there, uh, that that tends to be um, pretty successful at, at masking it. You know, it, the general public is never going to see that most fans aren't going to pick up on that. And uh, a, as long as it it helps again, it it keeps the, the seed head suppression um, where where we like it and you don't see the, the bright green furry nature of it out there so it, it it makes it look much better um and and on a softball field uh you know if you if you've got uh, a lot of growth that like we sometimes do in april um uh, from a from a morning mow until an evening game uh sometimes that pole gets a little out of control and you know that's something that is going to show up so uh, just try to try to keep that suppression up and sometimes dabble in trying to kill it but yeah never-ending, never-ending fight
0: we 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 noticed um, as you know, George, I spent a lot of time up the road in, in Williamsport at the Little League complex and and this year, this past year without a series last fall. Um we were able I, I look back at pictures of 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 POA in some areas of the field from last summer, two summers ago, and and it's amazing how we were able to control. Um, and keep that seed heads suppressed and and really get ahead of it um, this this past year. Um, I've, I've been I'll, I'll say excited about it because um, we we really made progress with it this past year. So um, so I guess if nothing else, the pandemic was
2: good for that. <laughs> yeah, um, we learned that the best thing for growing great grass on athletics, athletic fields last year was uh no traffic we had (laughs) some some of the best athletic fields we've ever uh we've ever been able to produce yeah yeah it's like it's like teaching school you know it'd be
0: fun to teach school except for those kids right (laughs) (laughs) so george you um we're, we're headed back now into the um the fall sports for 2021 after a very unusual um sports season in 2020 um, at, at, I won't even say just at Penn state cause it was at, at the NCAA level all over the country. Um, didn't matter what conference you were in or what division or, um, things were really different, um, this past year. What do we have to look forward to going into the fall season for 2021, um, as, as part of Penn state sports?
2: Well, uh, a, a very welcome return to, um, normal problems, if you will. Um, uh, a football stadium that holds 107,000 people is certainly, uh, certainly a challenge has tons of, of intricacies to being able to, to prepare that venue. Um, that's kind of one of the untold secrets of, of our crew. Not only are we taking care of the grass, um, we also have quite a bit to do with, uh, with getting the venue itself prepared. So the, uh, the cleanup after a football game, um, is managed. Uh, the, the bulk of that cleanup is picked up by student groups, uh, mostly, you know, competitive sports teams, uh, club, club baseball, softball, et cetera. Um, but after the fact, all of the, uh, all of the street sweeping and, you know, fine, fine cleanup work is done by our crew. So, um, those those things were a little bit easier to manage when we had uh, 1,500 family and friends in the stadium. Um, so the challenge of of a full stadium and full parking lots um, it's going to be going to be different. Uh, I'm trying to wrangle some of that stuff back in, uh, but uh, but yeah, I mean it's a it's a return. Like I said, the, those normal problems. I I can't wait to get back to that um, as opposed to what we were dealing with for the last calendar year uh, plus. So, uh, biggest thing uh, for us turf wise to look forward to at Beaver Stadium is the first full surface resod in uh, I, I think at least fifteen years. Uh, two thousand four, two thousand five, I believe was the last time that uh, that the whole thing was was resodded in uh, in one go, wall to wall.
1: So that's what you folks have are undergoing right now. Uh, complete resod and if you're doing that like what are you guys tackling anything else besides just the surface and i guess you know species
2: uh so we uh we resodded after commencement so uh due to due to the pandemic uh neither spring nor winter commencement for 2020 were able to be hosted in person so uh Early in in the semester, there was uh, some some talk from the university trying to figure out what they could do to provide an in person graduation for the class of 2021. And at the time, the uh, the restrictions that were in place were were very limiting, and uh, so it it quickly became a matter of trying to put it in an outdoor venue, and the the capacity limits uh, there was. Pretty much only one place they could go that they could get enough space. Um, right. It was Beaver Stadium, so we we pieced that together and uh, and and we're able to uh, we're able to pitch that into getting a, a surface resod. Uh, nothing crazy additional. Tanner, to your point, uh, we did address some some grade issues. Uh, just from, you know, like I said, that is the first time that the whole field has been resotted at once since I believe 2004 going into the 2005 season. Uh, so because of that, you know, there was, there was parts and pieces done, um, over the years, you know, and in 2019, we resodded everything outside of the field of play because we put a new track surface in, uh, we removed the old, uh, the old asphalt track and installed an artificial turf perimeter, uh, around the field. So that, uh, as part of a player safety initiative, kind of mimicking what happened with the NFL to provide, uh, a surface that a cleat can interact with, as opposed to asphalt or concrete, um, which with studded cleats on is, is frankly, uh, it's unsafe. Um, got, got to the point that, uh, we had a couple close calls and, uh, so we did that in 28, or excuse me, in 2019, uh, prior to that in 2017, uh, some of you may recall, a, a concert here at Beaver stadium. Uh, so the, the footprint of that stage and the road for that stage were resodded in 2017. Uh, prior to that 2015, there was everything from goal line to goal line was resodded. Uh, you know, so all those little parts and pieces, every time that was done, the, the rough grade work that was done was uh was always you know by by eye and by hand uh and and having a blank canvas we were able to uh actually laser grade the better better portion of the field um at least the playing surface itself and then uh kind of blend to our track from from the playing surface so kind of got our, our crown recorrected we had a couple bellies we had a couple humps out there that uh that were restricting that surface flow uh that is is ever important in a system like ours um, you know it's a uh, it is a, a 1958 construction field with uh with sand cap so does not have modern subsurface drainage so we rely very heavily upon that that surface drainage to get any excess water off of the the field by sheeting to the sides and to the end zones, uh, so, so we we were able to correct that uh, with with that uh, with that re-side.
0: So fans will get to see uh, a brand new surface, and when you go to paint lines this year, it'll be the first time that grass has seen paint um, in Beaver Stadium. Um, anything else? Um, any other major changes on on sports surfaces for for twenty twenty one?
2: Uh, well, the piggybacking off of that in, in the stadium, it is a, a large change for us. Um, not sure if you want to want me to plug, but it is a different, uh, different blend of seed there. Um, so, you know, the, the old cultivars that we had are no longer available, um, from, from our sod producer. So, uh, this is, this is a new, seed blend for us. So a little bit of a challenge, um, to try to come up with a new blueprint for this, uh, for this Kentucky bluegrass cultivars, uh, that, that again, um, is, is fairly new to the market. So see how that goes. Uh, otherwise, you know, nothing, nothing crazy on our end, as far as, uh, as far as changes to the athletic fields, certainly, um, certainly different, uh, getting ready from a, the standpoint of having hosted competitive seasons in the spring, uh, especially for soccer, uh, it was you know typically a, a fall season. the The wear ramps up as the season wears on and the grass is going dormant. Whereas this year, with it coming out of the spring or coming out of winter, I should say, into early spring, we started. At a lot of our soccer games were played in Haluba Hall, in our practice facility for football uh and, and all of our sports in the winter. Uh we played games inside until uh until it was warm enough to be able to to get the grass greened up. And by the end of the season, as the the play was getting greater, the the grass was growing and repairing itself. But uh it it lent itself very differently to uh to our management of that in the spring. So uh, going to be interesting to see uh, how how things bounce back here uh, to to get ready for the fall. Um, sport camps for us this summer uh, is is something uh, again n- more normal problems. You know, last year we didn't have hardly any traffic at all on our intramural field, so getting back to that is going to be uh, is going to be interesting. We had to we raised our height of cut last year on our intramural field, so getting those wrangled back in to uh to our normal height of cut at two and a quarter inches has been uh, a challenge to say the least you know we we were short on labor you know i mentioned our we have eight full-time groundskeepers, but we lean very heavily upon upon our part-time staff uh, primarily students and uh and without having uh everybody back in person for classes we didn't have our normal staff we were restricted on our hours uh, from a, from a budgetary standpoint. So, uh, we had to do some things to, to change that up. And so now kind of getting, getting things back to normal, probably not at the greatest time. Uh, to be honest, I'm a little bit wary of, of what's that, uh, that extreme height of cut change from three inches to two and a quarter. It took us about, uh, two and a half, three weeks to get things back in order. And, uh, we had a little bit of a hot and dry spell in there, so a little bit nervous about, you know, might've had some, some regression in our roots, but now we're, we're back in good grass growing weather. So hopefully we get a little bounce back on that stuff. George, I know you mentioned that
0: you were short on staff, um, because your students weren't, you didn't have your student help. Um, but did did the, that, did the, the window of no students, um, I'm thinking of the intramural fields, the IM fields. Um, you know, I've, I've been there, um, when those things are, you know, at 10 o'clock at night and they are still getting, um, you know, put into beat down in the spring, um, were you able to, to do any um, agronomic practices, um, you know, airification, top dressing out of the ordinary that you can't normally do um, last year? Or was it, oh man, we don't have the help. We don't have the manpower to pull that off.
2: Uh, it was, we didn't. We did not need to go as crazy on some of our, uh, our cultivation practices, if you will. Uh, we, didn't, we, we still did spot aerification in the areas that, uh, that are problematic, uh, but we were just able to get more seed established uh, last spring and last fall, and even this spring as well. Um, just had some areas that are, are now, because of the lack of, of play, and, uh, the lack of band practice, Uh, we still had some band practice, but not to the same extent as usual and no parking on those fields because those areas are, are parked on, on football Saturdays. So, uh, we grew a lot of grass back in, but as much as I would have liked to have gone, uh, hog wild on, on more verification, um, and been a little, been a little bit more aggressive, uh, because of the, the short staff nature of things and, uh, we we had to pick up a lot of uh, of, of extra responsibilities due to the pandemic. Uh, we were we were tasked pretty early on because we were some of the only folks on campus with with uh, with the acquisition and distribution of pandemic safety supplies, you know, PPE, disinfecting supplies, etc., uh, and, and making sure that those were distributed across all of our facilities so that whenever staff and student athletes they were able to return to campus uh, they had the tools to to do so safely and you know follow all of the, the protocols that that were in place uh, from the from the State Department of Health from the NCAA from the Big Ten etc um, so there was a lot of extra things uh, pandemic related that that took away from those those turf things that we would have liked to have done so when
1: is the first, game on the stadium this fall for a home game
2: uh, our first home game is September 11th and then we've got four weekends in a row that, uh, that the team is at home
1: and you know maybe for our listeners to maybe go through like let's just say like the week up to a game let's go through like what things happen because I actually you know I've, I've been on several tours I know you well I, I know Herb well do you guys use any growth regulators in season or no
2: uh, typically, we do not. Uh, we'll see where we land this year um, with with the new sod, seeing how it progresses over the summer, um, and and what our comfort level is with the the density of the of the turf. Not something, like I said, that traditionally we have ever we've ever entertained in season. Uh, kind of harkens back to uh, Herb's predecessor, Bob Hudzik, a uh, long time supervisor here, uh, that, uh, had, had a, a, blueprint that, that Herb followed. And I still follow to this day. And, uh, you know, one of the tenets of that, that, uh, you know, his biggest thing was, uh, was keep it simple, stupid, uh, it, and we really, he shied away from, from using growth regulators, um, definitely has its merits. Uh, we use it on a lot of our other playing surfaces and on our practice fields. Uh, but I haven't, really, I haven't really tried it in season. Um, it's, we've definitely used it, uh, again, in, in the spring uh, for, for seed head suppression, but, uh, but not really something in, in season that we've done. Uh, leading up to a game, uh, the, the first game is kind of a – really it's, it's a month-long process uh, to, to ensure that we're where we need to be so you know the, the paint job starts about uh, about five weeks out because of of stadium scrimmages and practices. So we slowly ramp up our, our paint layout. You know we'll we'll put out the the five yard lines and the hashes and and all of that. Uh, we, you know we'll start out typically with five yard lines and hashes, no one yard marks, no numbers uh, for the first practice. Uh, second practice, we'll have numbers out there and one yard marks. You know, we slowly start adding things in while we are preparing, also in the parking lots and, and getting the the lines and the parking blocks out there uh, in the tailgating lots. So, you know, again, because of the nature of of how spread thin we are uh, uh, as far as how much we're trying to cover, uh, we very rarely just uh, just throw everything but the kitchen sink at one area at a time, Uh, we kind of pick apart pieces here and there where we're able to, depending upon the weather and, um, you know, accommodating that time of year. We also have, uh, you know, a lot of the, a lot of the guys on staff have, have other things, uh, like county fairs that they're involved with. Um, you know, some, some of them have, uh, involvement directly with the fair. Some of them have family members that, uh, that show their kids are, are showing, 4-H livestock projects, um, so trying to accommodate those kinds of things, um, the ebb and flow as we're accommodating those, uh, those vacation requests through the, the season, we, we, uh, we pick wisely when we're able to do what, and, uh, and so that, that kind of lends itself to, like I said, that month-long ramp-up uh, to where we aren't, uh, we aren't going out there with a fresh bare, uh, bare surface on the week of, Um, we usually try to get at least one full paint job for, uh, a walkthrough style scrimmage for the team. Uh, coach Franklin likes to bring everybody up on a, on a Friday night and, you know, have the, have the lights on, have the sound up and go through a, a full team arrival to try to get some of the yips out, if you will, um, so that the, the guys know what, what it's going to be like coming in on the buses um, hearing the, the crowd noise pumped in and all of that. Uh, So, so we have that ready to roll um, about, you know, eight, eight days out from, from kick Uh, it's, it's pretty close to game ready at that point. And then it's just giving it another coat and hopefully not having to worry about the tarp going into that first week uh, and, and doing a lot of touch up work throughout the stadium, making sure that, trash cans are where they need to be uh you know that we're prepared for all of those people to come through um, and and that our security setup is what it needs to be and parking lots are prepared and uh making those evaluations again if we get into weather situations whether those grass parking lots are going to be available or not
1: how about the uh the cutting of the field is it is it cut Two three days a week uh, in season, we'll say in season, and then is it cut the day of the game, and is it rolled triple double cut triple cut?
2: Uh, so pretty much year round, it's it's three days a week. Uh, at a that's gets a little bit. Uh, sometimes we may knock it down to two, just depending upon growth. Uh, but for the better part of the year, we're we're at three times a week, and in season. It depends on the t- on the kickoff time. If it is a noon kick, uh, we we very very rarely will mow that the day of the game. Um, we'll mow late in the afternoon on on the day before. Um, if it's a if it's a three thirty kick. It's kind of a coin toss. Depends upon weather and and when we get that coat of paint out there. You know if if we if we get that if we're painting on friday uh then typically we'll get a, a a double cut friday morning and we'll do a full paint job uh, and then it, it won't get mowed on saturday but if it's a night game uh it it will be mowed on the day of the game uh mow pretty much everything but the end zones uh we we usually refrain from mowing that and, and tracking any paint through those end zones uh not necessarily that it, it it sticks to the tires and tracks, uh, but you know it does, mow a considerable amount of that paint off and, and kind of takes away uh, from from that pop of paint underneath the lights. So uh, that's that's really the only very very early on in the season. Uh, you know, in in September, those three thirty games, we may consider it. Uh, it just depends on how much it's growing. Uh, we we really try to, from an agronomic standpoint, we try to keep the field as lean and mean as we can, um, while still providing enough fertility and water to allow it to repair itself. But we really try not to, uh, again, because of the nature of, you know, on on an early September Saturday, uh, if, if we're mowing that on a Friday afternoon and, and playing on a Saturday afternoon, we mow it an inch and a quarter. So you could get a considerable amount of growth and that, that field could play very differently if we were, if we were really juiced up and and high in fertility, you get a lot of growth and that thing's going to be slick, uh, out there and and not going to play the same. So we, uh, we try to monitor that and and time our fertility around when, when the team's not going to be playing on it. Um, so that it kind of, you know, repairs itself, um, fully and a little bit more aggressively, uh, whenever we don't have to worry about the play on Saturday.
0: So our, our special guest today has been George Peters from Penn State University. George is in charge of the sports turf and the sports complex at at uh, Penn State University. George, it's been a real pleasure having you with us today.
1: Um, Tanner, do you have any, th- any final questions for George before we wrap up today? Yeah, kind of real one one quick one. We don't take much time on this, but at the other side of the spectrum, is you know, from beaver stadium will say are these are the rv lots you know that really just get beat up they're probably you know you guys don't even maintain them for part of the year when they're you know they're taking cuttings off of it but you know in season you know you have multiple games you got a wet game and the field get or the maybe it's destroyed and muddy what do you guys do in those areas that you know you guys have to oversee? or what i don't can you give a rundown of what you have to do you know kind of in in a in a one minute
2: yeah. So uh, it depends, you know, in season, if it's in a pinch, we actually have a product that we, um, that we started using a couple years ago. Uh, that's just a, you know, an erosion control product that we can go out and staple down in those spots. And we oversee, uh, we try to, you know, if we're able to in the spring, you know, a lot of those are pastures. So whenever that gets turned over to us, uh, we take a vibratory aerator through there and try to shake up that soil and get as much seed down in there as we can, and uh, and yeah, it just it's trying to trying to grow as much grass as we can in there, aerify, hammer it with seed. Uh, if it gets really bad, a lot of times it ends up getting covered up in mulch, uh, to be perfectly honest. And if we're able to to grow it, uh, we will try to put that erosion control matting down, and we can seed over top of that, and it kind of grows through that matting.
1: Is that matting stay there permanently? You don't remove it, or you do remove it eventually? Uh,
2: we we have not. The areas that we installed that in 2019 were were areas. You know, after 2018 was a record wet year, so we had a lot of dry aisles that that took some pretty serious damage, um, and and we've let it grow back through. And in 2019, that served us pretty well because even in those areas where it did get beaten back down, um, and and it was muddy. Uh, that mud was not nearly as bad and, and that erosion control matting still was in place to keep that soil from getting degraded even further and and becoming rutted up so it, it, it provided traction and they were able to get through there and and park without um, without creating a situation that you know that was it was not conducive to uh, to good soil health there Gotcha. George, um, I have one
0: last one for you too. You've been talking about par- painting parking lots and painting fields and painting this and painting that. How, how many gallons of paint do you guys go through a year?
2: We uh, we recently switched uh, the the painters that we uh, that we use for those those big areas. Uh, so we've cut our, our paint back, uh, but we go through, uh, we started using some bulk paint as well. So that uh, most of our paint gets mixed 50/50 uh, paint to water, and we uh, we'll go through uh, a few hundred gallons of of concentrate. So just shy of a thousand gallons a year um, in in actual mixed paint product um, across all of those surfaces. So it's uh, it's a
0: pile of paint, a lot of paint. That's a pile of pain. George, it's been great having you with us today. Um, We really appreciate you taking time out of your very busy schedule to to talk with Tanner and I. But as we told you before we started, we, we have this little game we like to play at the end of the show. We call it three strikes and you're out, where we give you three random questions and you give us three random answers. Now I happen to like you a lot so I'm gonna go we're gonna go easy on you um, so that I mean like McNitt when we had him on there there's there's no sympathy in we're gonna put him right on the right on the hook right but we I, I like you so we're gonna go with a couple of easy ones the first one I'm gonna throw at you is your favorite non-turf pastime
2: uh,
1: what do you do in your free time if you have free time what do you do? <laughs>
2: Uh, i I enjoy hunting a lot um uh i I grew up uh an avid outdoorsman uh with my dad and my grandfather so any time that I can spend uh in the woods with my dad is uh is is pretty pretty precious at this point
1: no i uh, that's that's up my alley as well I like to fish and hunt as well are you an archery hunter
2: uh not as much as i'd like to uh, because i can imagine the- <laughs> it's, uh whenever I worked in baseball that was my that was, uh, it was more conducive, but, uh, but now, uh, if, if I get out a couple of days, um, in archery season, I'm, I'm lucky.
1: So you, so you do archery hunt. All right. So then the last kind of tie-in question with that is, are you a Matthews guy or, or something else or another brand?
2: Uh, I am not, uh, I'm not a Matthews guy. I have, okay. an, I have an elite bow.
1: All right. Now that's good. Now we had another, I forget who it was. We had someone else that we got into an archery discussion and uh, yeah, I am a Matthews guy. <laughs> so that's all right though. I mean, it's, it's all good. So, so go ahead. I'll, I'll defer back to Jeff for the second question. Yeah.
0: So, so question two, when you were younger, when you were, let's go back to when you were a kid, When you were a kid and there was something you wanted to do on a Friday night that you knew the answer was no when you asked mom and dad, but you were still going to ask, who did you ask first, mom or dad?
2: Uh, Dad, because I knew the answer was going to be, go ask your mom.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You see, my mine is the other way around, George. I always went to mom because I knew that she was just going to tell me no. <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, my, my dad knew that he didn't have to be the, the bad guy and tell me no because he knew that, that she was going to shoot it down. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right. So the last question that uh, I have for you, um, I don't know how long I have to think about this, but do aliens exist?
2: Um, I, I, yeah, I, I think I, I have a hard time believing, um, uh, that they don't, but you know, I don't, a, uh, a Calvin and Hobbes comic strip comes to mind. Um, I don't know the exact verbiage of it, but, uh, something along the lines of, I don't know what's, uh, I don't know what's more terrifying, the possibility that we're not alone in the universe or the possibility that we are. So. Um, I mean, I think it's. I think I think there's probably something out there, but it's I, possible. I don't, we, we don't we don't have another hour to, to get into that. So. And absolutely, yeah. that's why that's why we <laughs>
1: talked about it. And on the last one, Jeff had said that he was abducted, but he didn't really go beyond that. So, <laughs>
0: George <Jeff> Peters, it's,
1: <laughs> George, it's been great having you today.
0: Um, We really appreciate you taking time out of your, your Penn state schedule to visit with you. Um, We're not going to bother you through the fall um, (laughs) to get you back on, but maybe, maybe this winter um, when things um, go back inside, um, we'll have you back to do a little review on, uh, on how the season went for you. We really appreciate you taking time.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I'd love to love to come back on. And uh, now that I know that, uh, that fresh cut grass is a is a podcast. I am subscribed and look forward to uh, look forward to listening.
0: Yeah, great. Well, we um, we 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 appreciate our subscribers, and we appreciate them enough that we give them a, an email address that if they want to get a hold of us, um, they can shoot us a question, or if they have a topic they want us to address, that email address is freshcutgrass at psu.edu. If you have any questions or episodes you want us to 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 take a look at at covering for you, um, shoot us an email, freshcutgrass at psu.edu. Tanner, been great having you with us again today. Um
1: look forward to next time. Absolutely. Take care.